Summer is finally mercifully here, Manitoba. If you want to promote your band or your team or your business with some fresh gear this season, check out our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Supporting local business is more important than ever in these tough times. So get a made in Manitoba solution to your screen printing, embroidery, heat press vinyl, and graphic design needs over at divineshirtcompany.ca or on Instagram at Divine Shirts. And tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, you know, if you've been a regular listener to the show, you know that I, I, I often have guests returning, um, you know, usually not within the same year, usually a year or two later, uh, when they have something new happening. And then most of the time, it's someone talking about music the first time they're on the show, and then coming back, talking about new music they have going on. But in this case, we have a guest who was on talking about music, but now you have something very different, but still sort of connected to the whole um, create creativity thing. So I think that the best way to start this off is if you want to introduce yourself and just give a bit of background about who you are and what you do, because I know there's a lot of things that you do there that goes beyond just being a musician. I mean, you know, you've written a book, which is why we're here today, and you're an educator yeah. and you're a musician and there's a lot going on. So if you want to just give a quick Coles Notes version of who you are and what you do, that would be great. Yeah, you bet. Um, my name is Heidi Corte. I am a singer, musician, piano player, play many, many instruments, um, music educator, composer, yeah, producer in training, all those things. And, and, and um, published author. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, it's so fresh. Yeah, it, well, it is. And, that, and that's kind of why we're doing this now is that the, this book, uh, On the Edge of Greatness, it just came out recently. And um that's got to be very exciting. I mean, writing a book seems so daunting. It seems like such a, I mean, I write for a living every day. I, you know, I work as a journalist, but I mean, writing a book seems like just an extra level of stress and, and, and chaos. And I, yes. I've never tried it, but I, I don't know if I ever want to. Yeah, I I never, um, I, this is not a good segue to talk about the book, but I've never thought of myself as an author. I never thought I would write a book. Um, it's not something I'd ever planned on doing. And then um, I, I was listening to this speaker three years ago. It, that's how long it took me to get this book out. And his name is Tony Kim. And he was just saying, if you want to have influence, you have to serve your community. And I know that sounds like like a TED talk, but it like really stuck with me. I was like, huh, if I want to have influence, I need to serve my community. What do I have to serve with? Um, and then almost a couple days later, a good friend of mine and mentor from California looked at me and said, Heidi, it's time to write your book. Hmm. And it was just like, it's like one of those moments, oh, fate, call it what you will, like lightning just struck my heart. And I was like, oh, I got to write a book for young creatives and musicians. Well, and so. that's an audience that you you know very well. I mean, ha having having taught so many young musicians over the years and, and working with them, you know, pretty closely, that's got to help having that that intimate knowledge of, of sort of what their struggles are and, and how to encourage them and how to sort of get them motivated. Yeah, well, I mean, we can talk about this a little bit, a little bit later, but I mean, I, I wasted a four-year um, university degree of music not singing because of some of those mental obstacles um, like comparison and fear and anxiety and, and 
oh, there's so many of them. And um, and so that's kind of my niche as a teacher um, is dealing with with those ones, those singer songwriters who are just kind of like hidden away because of a reason that's here. Um, and so it's my joy and delight to work them from a place of fear, anxiety or whatever it may be, even just handling rejection. I find sure. there's so many things that you can like learn about as a musician, like like skill. You can learn a cool guitar, like you can you can be on your instrument, but it doesn't help you for those navigate those types of things. I, I find there's not enough books for creatives about how to how to navigate that aspect of it. Well, and that sort of touches on something that comes up on this podcast a lot is that there's there's a lot of people, especially the way that I mean, you know this as well as, as anyone else too, the way the world is now with um, the way everyone has to sort of become a self-promoter and they have to handle that whole side of things that maybe, you know, uh, 10, 20, 30 years ago, there would have been someone doing that or, or, or it just wouldn't have happened. And there's a lot of people who are excel at the creative side of things, but then when it comes to the business aspect and the marketing aspect and all these other stuff that, that doesn't come naturally with being creative, they, they have to learn that. And there's a lot of, I think, uh, anxiety and fear around those those aspects. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I wasn't ready for it as a young 20 year old. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say that's the main thing that I encounter as a music. I teach singer songwriters. So um, the main thing I bump up against is those mental blocks, you know. So I wrote a whole book. I think there's 29 chapters and each chapter um, deals with a mental obstacle that's common to a to a creative. So, you know, we talk about having the right motivation for yeah. your craft. You know, a lot of times I know a lot of people start out um, wanting to do music just to impress people <laughs> and for people to be impressed by their mad genius. Sure. Instead yeah. of realizing that, you know, maybe that's not the best motivation, because then when you're trying to be impressive, it's like, well, are you? There's stress. You know, you don't know whether your audience is going to be impressed by you. So a lot of people that struggle with anxiety or stage fright, it's because they're trying to impress their audience with being perfect and really showing off their gift right. instead of realizing that it actually is, you know, a gift to give away. Yeah, that's a good you know point. I mean? That is a good point. People people are, it's that imposter syndrome, right? And I think you touch on that in the book oh my too. Gosh. That lots of people, I mean, just, just doing, you know, being involved in podcasting for, for a decade now, there's a lot of people who I've met who are getting interested in, in, in starting a podcast or they've done one for years. And that's a huge thing there too. I think with anything where you are kind of creating something, people feel like, oh, wait, who am I? Why does someone want to hear me? Why, why is my, am I good enough? And I think like, I mean, everyone's good enough and you just need to sort of get the confidence to, to put it out there. That's what I say. Like, um, a lot of some, sometimes a lot of the young ones I teach, um, they see each other as threats. You know, if they're doing this, then they're already successful at it. That means there's not any success for me because this other person has already started a podcast or yeah. is already doing this. So then there's less for me. And, and what I tell them is that as long as you're being your authentic self, there's a place for you at the table of creativity. Um, the minute you're the minute you're an imitator, um, then not so much. I think I think developing authenticity, developing your own style, your own vibe. I think that's actually key to having your own place at the creative table. And I think that, that 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 this is another thing that comes up all the time on the show is that listeners can they can pick up on that if you're not being genuine or not being honest. I think it's very easy. And I don't know if people in this you know in Winnipeg have a, a better bullshit detector than maybe people in other cities, but it seems like it's a thing here, right? Like pe people definitely are not willing to sit through someone who is 
who is being fake. And and all of the artists in any genre of music who have been really successful or are really popular here, it's because they're doing something uniquely themselves and not trying to sound like, you know, X, Y, or Z. It's, it's, you, you can tell if so, when someone breaks through, it's like, oh, that's why. Because what they're doing is, is just genuinely them. Yeah. Yep, totally. I, I watched an interview um, with Johnny Cash, I think CBC. You can look for it on the archives. Oh, it's such a great interview. And they ask him, you know, what what is it about your music do you think that people like? And he just said it's sincerity of delivery. It's the fact that I love what I'm doing and um, people can sense that. Yeah. So So they connect with it, yeah. Yep. So that's what I really try and encourage. The I teach teenagers and young adults mostly. And a lot of them in that age, they want to blend into the the walls. They want to just blend in with everyone else. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's actually the thing that you have that's unlike anyone else that you want to market. That's your that's your ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Not 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 it's trying to be like what's what's popular. You want to do your own thing and make that popular because it's it's something special. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think it's also just really hard as a creative because who we are, um in order to survive, we have to do the internal work, I think. If you want to live a life as a creative, you have to do the internal work. If you're going to do, if you're going to thrive, I think. Yeah. Um, because so often what we do is graded by other people, right? Like, and especially as musicians, like we have this product, it's, it's like personal, it comes from us and here it is. And now someone's going to give it a dislike or a, you know, a hateful comment on YouTube. Or a bad like, review. If it's a, it's, you know, we get an album out there, suddenly people are writing reviews of it and someone could just absolutely trash it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just think learning how to handle that, learning how to handle, you know, sometimes you might get rejected eight times in a row. And then the ninth, you know, the ninth time you get something really cool that happens. I know yeah. that happened with me. You know, I, um, I did this, I did this fishing music video, um, for my dad's 70th birthday. And, um, it was this finish I'm Finnish. And it was this Finnish song is reggae, totally not my style. We talked about this last time you were on the show because yeah, it was a, it was a reference to a a seventies reggae song. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember yeah. the video. And I saw I, the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I I remember sending it out to so much media and news and getting just uh, you know I think I got like nine rejections in a row and the last one was a a real ugly one. It was just like cute song, pretty voice, not our style. It's just like <laughs> you know. But then the next one was CTV and they loved it. Right. And they sent a news van two hours north, did a whole feature on my dad and I that went across Canada. And it's like, if I hadn't had the, you know, the backbone just to keep knocking um, after nine rejections, you know, you just never know what'll come. I think young artists sometimes they give up after, you know, their first couple of rejections. So for sure. Ariel Jodine, singer songwriter, studio alumni. What is your definition of success? As a creative, this is one of the biggest questions you need to answer for yourself. To be a creative requires a mind shift. Whatever you think the definition of success is, change it. I mean this in the nicest way possible, but if your definition of success is in line with what the industry says, you're in for an uphill battle, my friend. According to industry standards, success looks a certain way getting a record deal with a fancy label, millions of streams on Spotify, and one of your songs becoming a trending sound on TikTok. What do you think success is? Is it what I've just listed, or is it simply creating in the first place? Is it taking a risk and putting your art out into the world? Is it the accomplishment of fashioning something you're proud of? It was never my dream to release music. I'm a singer, a songwriter, and a creative, but I never thought recording and releasing songs was something I wanted to do. 
With a lot of encouragement from the author of this book, we took the steps needed to get my songs from basic ideas into fully produced songs. I independently recorded, financed, and released a five-song EP, Wherever He Goes by Ariel Jodine on all streaming platforms. Shameless plug. According to industry standards, it was an utter failure. And I mean failure. I worked hard to get it played on the radio, printed CDs to sell, did an album release party, made my pitch to Spotify. But in the end, I made pennies in streams. I never made it onto a Spotify playlist. And though I did make it on the radio, which is still super exciting to this day, plays rarely turn into revenue. That initial rush of friends and family listening to your art dwindles after a couple of weeks, and you're faced with the question, was this even worth all my time and money? I initially thought the definition of success would be to break even. If I could make the money back that I put into the project, then I would be able to continue forward making music. But that can't be my definition either, because that sure didn't happen. To be a creative is not always an easy road. It takes time, constant reflection, taking risks, like outrageous amounts of risks, and being okay with never going anywhere. I'll be honest, I'm not at the end of this journey where I can say that I have fully changed my definition of success and can confidently put out music whether anyone streams it or not. But I am still taking risks and releasing my art to the world. I wouldn't regret it for a second, but it requires constant reflection on what I define success as. When it comes down to it, I am successful for simply doing it. I'll just say it, you are successful for being you. I almost sound a little motivational speaker-esque, but I'm serious. If you did it, if you're in the middle of doing it, or if it is only a spark of the first creative idea, you're doing it, you're making it, you're creating, you're successful. You don't know me, but trust me, that thing you made, it's stunning. With with a book like this, I guess. Yeah, you've read it. Right? I, I, I read I read it very quickly too, because <laughs> I had it for a few days, and I, I quickly read through it. And so, what I wanted to ask you about it is, I mean, you know, this is, I guess, if it's in the self help category, which is kind of has a has a reputation for. I mean, there's a lot of self help books that are just awful and it's just like kind of this 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 cookie cutter the same advice that really doesn't have any depth to it how do you Uh how do you i'm not saying that about your book i'm saying how do you write something like this without and avoid that avoid falling into these traps of like you know it seems like used car salesman kind of uh you can do it without any kind of uh, actual meaning behind why you can do it you know what i mean well, I think um, that, well, there are certain, there are many cool things about this book, but I think one of the things that's really neat is that there's about 50 voices besides mine in it. And I am just so honored. So 36 of my music students were just, I think we, we wrote it during 2020. And, it, you know, I just feel like everyone was really authentic and in their feels then. And so I asked these 36 students, you know, what is your greatest struggle as a creative? And yeah. they wrote, honestly, I mean, just the honest things they wrote were just they're so inspiring so i i think that's that's the first thing is that this book has like real stories not not just me saying rah rah in fact sometimes i'm really harsh in the book because as a, as a teacher sometimes I'm, I'm known for saying it just like it is you know even though it hurts it's what you need to hear um so so that's really neat is that they've joined me and then i interviewed about 20 professionals in different fields from all over the world yeah um 
on what blocks their creativity, how they move past it. So there's just a lot of different voices in the book. And I think that is what makes it unique um, as a self-help book. And, and it's not, it's not, you know, it's, what's interesting is that some of the 70 year olds that have read it said, Heidi, this is so deep. Like I almost can't read it in one sitting. It's just too much for me. Whereas the teenagers are like, oh, this is great. You know? So it's just interesting <laughs> how, how different generations are approaching sure. it. To me, it's like a roadmap. It, you could easily on each, like each chapter kind of deals with an obstacle. You would easily have a whole book on fear, right? That'd be a long book, but I just wanted a chapter on it. I, each chapter kind of has like, here's the obstacle. Here's where I think its root systems are. If you're going to yank the weed out, there's going to be a root somewhere. Sure. So th these are some of the, th these are the, some of the roots that I think you need to deal with to yank that out. Um, these are some student stories of people who have been really afraid that overcome it. Here's how they did it. Here's how I would work a student through getting over stage fright and, and moving forward. Like for someone struggling with fear, we would do 50 risks in a year, if not 100 um, little ones yeah. and slowly work the bravery muscle. That's an active thing you can do to overcome, you know, fear of performing um, or just fear in general. And um, and then there's a meditation at the end of every chapter that was written by one of my heroes, um, Joanne McFadder from South Carolina. Um, what else? Yeah. And and um, and then just some other practical steps you can take to overcome it. And then often a professional will chime in about it as well. Yeah. So there's a there's a mishmash of voices and thoughts and and opinions. I think I think you're right. I think that does work in a way that it, it's different from if it was just you saying do this, do this, do this. I mean, you know, you obviously have enough of a background and experience and knowledge to be able to do that. But I think, yeah, having all those other voices in there kind of makes it um, a little... More credible. Yeah, it, totally, totally. And, and probably easier for someone uh, to, 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 to read, too, just because, I mean, it's not just... Like it's broken up, right? There, there's different sections and there's different people's stories and there's 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 quotes from notable people that are, you know, relevant to the material they're talking about and it it, it it flows well, I think, because because of all these different sections. But I was going to ask you, um, you know, obviously being an author is not your full time job, <laughs> and and you, you not only do you teach music but you make music yourself as well. The amount of work you must have put into this book did that affect your ability to make music? Like, were you able to juggle and teach and everything else? Oh, it was really hard. It, it, this book is the best thing I've ever done. And it's the hardest thing I've ever done because I, I don't love words. Right. Um, I know that sounds silly as someone who's just authored a book. But to me, this book is, is so many other voices and it's me gathering information. I'm a teacher. I want you to have this. So um, this book took me three years of almost all my free time. I bet, yeah. Um, and it and the publishing journey, I shouldn't say this, but it was probably one of the most soul sucking things I've ever done <laughs> in my life. Like it's just but yeah, I, I guess I'm not the typical author. The typical author would love that aspect of it. And then once the book is published, they would not enjoy marketing. And I, as a musician and a performer, I don't mind talking about my book because my book is designed to help. Sure. Um, and I think I think it has value and, and I, I stand behind it. So to me, like I, I find this part more fun than like sitting there editing commas, you right. know. I feel like I would enjoy the editing commas part because they, that, that, that's actually fun for me, that, that bit. But um, You saved, you, you caught some typos that, that they, the editors missed. So yeah, I, I, I was, I was, I was, I was uh, happy to, to help in that little way, at least with it. Carol's story. One of the biggest obstacles in my music journey in the past would probably be comparison. I still struggle with it at times, if I'm honest. 
I get caught up in the mindset of, there's always going to be someone better than me, so why bother? That's true, there are always people who are going to be more talented than you. That's why this mindset is so harmful. It twists you into believing what you have to offer isn't important, beautiful, or powerful. I would usually slip into this belief when I saw a specific person performing who was really gifted in something I'd like to be good at. This happened the most when I compared myself to other vocalists I knew personally. It's really easy for me to see a friend perform, notice something specific, such as how well controlled their voice is, and wish I could sing like that. What I'm not taking into consideration, though, is that there are most likely areas that I might be more talented in. It's easy to focus on what you're not instead of realizing all that you are. I've learned to recognize that someone's seemingly perfect performance involves a lot of unseen hard work and practice. I can't be expecting my three weeks of practice to look as good as someone else's three years. Also, if I'm rehearsing my craft with the goal of being exactly like another musician or vocalist, I'm going to come up short. Instead of wishing I was as good as someone else, I often need to remind myself to look back on my own journey. I need to be reminded of how far I've come. Yes, I've accomplished many things on my own music journey that are worth celebrating. That's the exciting thing. There's always more to learn. Everyone's artistic journey is unique. They are all beautiful and can be just as impactful as another. At this point, I mean, what what happens next with this? So you, you, the book's out. It's been out for a little while now. What are you planning on doing with it? Is the goal to get it into libraries? I mean, obviously you want to sell copies, but what's sort of the next step here? Oh, I am. I, we have our book launch this Wednesday, which is so fun. I, I've held off on doing it. The book has been out for about a month and a half. Um, but I just, I didn't feel like a typical book launch was right for this book. Right. Um, I've watched a lot of them and they're wonderful, but they're really serious and, and, and kind of this atmosphere. And now the author is going to come and read from her book. And I just thought that that does not suit this crowd or or what we've done so on wednesday this wednesday we're going to be streaming it live um well the good thing we about have... that is sorry to interrupt but by the time this comes out it'll already have happened but we can link oh. to the we can link to the yeah. stream right so people can check it out yeah yep so we have a big uh, party planned this wednesday which is may the 31st something like that yeah. uh, we're at the royal pizza and my students and former students are coming together they're singing they're reading from the book. They're reading their own stories from the book. I'm going to be reading. There's going to be lots of performing. We're going to be eating lots of food and just like having a good time. That's cool. That fits the vibe of, of a, a book for creatives, right? <laughs> more so than sitting there in a more somber environment. Totally. Which suits which suits some things, just not this. Yeah, it, it depends on the book, right? I mean, I, I've hosted a, a book launch at McNally Robinson once for a friend's book, and it was it was definitely more of a fun atmosphere. But I've also watched some that are that are very serious and very dry, and it depends on the, the subject matter for sure. It it just depends. Yeah, yeah. I just felt like this was more us, but uh, I'd say like I I just plan on promoting this. I pl- I would love to speak to young musicians. I think that's yeah. something I'll be moving into, just because I want. I didn't write this book just for a hundred people. I wrote this book for a million people. Um, yeah. And that's, I really wanted to change artistic culture. I really would love to see young people um, just being their authentic selves in their music. Um, For sure. I'd love to see them not fighting one another. Like so many of them in, I forget what chapter it is, but there's a chapter called the artistic orphan mindset, which is a concept I kind of made up, but um, it's basically, yeah, it's that threat, seeing everyone else as a threat instead of, instead of seeing them as your team, like totally. whoever, Jack, Jack Mills, who is a really cool rapper from Edmonton, 
one of his quotes in the book is like, get to know the people in your neighborhood because in 10 years, these are going to be the people, the professionals, the leaders, right? When we're gone with the business. So make, make those connections, make those friends, you know? So there's just, I think there's a lot that, that I think anyone could learn something from, from my book. For sure. Kevin's story. When I first started taking music lessons, I was filled with unreal expectations and the belief that it should be easy to meet them. As I began to realize I wasn't going to arrive at the skilled musician station without effort, time, and loads of practice, I began to grumble and complain. I figured I was entitled to have musical capabilities simply handed to me, and because of that mindset, the progress I managed to make during my first year was limited. I compared what little growth I had achieved to what I had been expecting to become a pop star at the top of the charts, and I saw nothing but disappointment. I constantly spoke awful words over myself and believed them. I said things like, I'll never get it, so why even try? Or, I'm not getting anywhere, so maybe I'll quit lessons and learn on my own. I wanted to give up because I thought I wasn't getting a big enough reward for the work I put in. As lessons went on and with practice, Heidi and I righted the wrong pathways in my brain. Every time I said something degrading about myself, Heidi stopped me and told me to speak the truth about the situation. I started saying things like, this is hard, but I'll get it soon. And man, look how far I've come since last year. When I look back on those days, I see how my musical growth began to increase exponentially. As I began to believe I could, I did. I still had to do the hard work I dreaded, but the results were finally noticeable. Instead of comparing myself to professionals with years of experience in the industry, I compared myself to who I was a year ago or even a month ago. I celebrated every jump forward, and I faced the difficult times head on. My focus wasn't on what I couldn't do, but on what I could do and would soon be able to do. Music became fun instead of being a chore. I still had to force myself to practice, but I did it happily, and I knew there might be a cool new skill or piece of knowledge right around the corner. This excitement of what could be next and all the little moments along the way spurred me on. Now I am a confident singer who tries new techniques shamelessly, even if people might hear me crack or make a weird noise. And I'll happily sing in public when people ask me to. It's no longer about perfection. It's about blessing people with the gift I've been working on and communicating something. Instead of feeling like quitting due to the fact that I'm not perfect, I've found that people can connect with me easier because I'm not perfect. Obviously, by the time this, like I said, by the time this uh, comes out as a podcast, the, the launch will have already happened. But what's the best way to find out more information about the book or, or find, get a copy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Blue Raven. Um, ooh, I should know that. Um, BlueRavenDesign.ca slash Heidi Corte is a good way to order. Um, that way you'll be getting it right from me and you won't be paying um, a ton for shipping. Cool. I ship it just for the price of shipping. Um, you can get it through Freezen Press, but the shipping and handling is a lot more. And then Chapters Polo just said that they have accepted it um like actually tonight that's so awesome pretty soon it'll be at polo yeah that's yeah that's, that's really, really cool and then as far as your other stuff i mean i, I know you're like you said this has taken up a, a huge chunk of your life but you also in addition to teaching you make your own music you, you've done a lot of uh, really cool videos and things over the last few years what's the best way to find uh what you're up to as far as your own stuff um probably following me on instagram would be a good a good way on youtube as well yeah I haven't done anything super like my brother and I actually have a music video coming out that's just for fun. My brother was here in February and he's like, Heidi, 
he's like a casual singer. Okay. And he's like, Heidi, could we could we do a music video together? And so, like, to me on my vacation, that's not exactly, you know, my most fun um, thing to do. But I love my brother. So we have filmed this beast of an acapella um, split screen, and that's coming out soon. Cool. So. Cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear things are going well. I mean, like, uh, you know, when I heard you were writing a book, I uh, didn't really know what to expect because, like you said, you, this is a first-time thing for you. But it, it looks like everything has worked out, like, quite well for you. I mean, you, you, people, people are reading it. You're getting it in, in bookstores. And you, you're getting the opportunities to talk to the target audience for the book and everything. So, yeah, it's, it's really cool to, to see that. I, I think that this, this also gives people maybe um, motivation that, you know, you can just write a book. You can just become a musician you can just become an artist you can do all of these things you just have to go out and do yep. it and, and and put in the the work and put yeah which is all here too right like yeah. self-discipline comes from the mind lack of motivation comes from the mind right so a lot of those things my it's mindset right so there's a there's a chapter on sisu which is a good finish word meaning you finish what you start so awesome i actually wanted to leave people um with a quote sure that, go for it yeah yeah mind. yeah is that all right? Yes, you can. Absolutely. Okay. This quote is from, I think it's from chapter four um, of my book, which is on identity and self-worth. And this chapter talks about how um, as artists, our self-worth is often tied to our performance. And it shouldn't be because sometimes you're just going to be so good and nail that electric guitar solo. And other times you're just going to like stink. For sure. And, and it's okay. If your self-worth is in that, then it's like this. And then you as a person are more like that. And so as creatives, you want to just, you want to be like this. But anyways, this quote is from that chapter on identity and self-worth. Go for it. And it's, it's um, by my, my friend Charles Patton II from Texas. Um, he's a spoken word poet at Redline Poetry. Okay, this is, this is deep. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. Your gift is valuable. No doubt about it. However... Your gift only has value because you have your hands on it. Your gift literally doesn't mean anything unless you're attached to it. Example, have you ever noticed how useless a mirror is until you stand in front of it? It's because mirrors don't have an identity of their own. So they need identity to stand in front of them in order to be used. It's the same thing with gifts. There are a million singers in the world, but there's only one you. A million painters, but only one you. A million poets, but only one you. You give identity to your gift, not the other way around. Naomi's story. For a long time, I held myself hostage in my mind. I let fear stop me from doing the things I was passionate about. I had this toxic mentality that I was not talented enough. I convinced myself that I would share my music with people when I got better, but that was the thing. No matter what level I reached, no matter how much I practiced, it was never good enough because I didn't believe I was good enough. I wanted my music to be perfect and I hated myself because no matter how hard I strived to achieve this perfection, it was out of my reach. I slowly lost my passion for creating music because of the pressure I put on myself. But you see, music is not meant to punish us. Creating is meant to express the innermost parts of ourselves in our own unique way. I let fear run my life for a very long time until eventually I realized that it does not matter if it is not perfect because it never will be. My music is an expression of myself and I am a progressing person, not a perfect person. Therefore, sharing my music will be a progression of my talent, 
a documented timeline to look back on and see where I was and how far I've come. The question you have to ask yourself is, who are you creating for? Do you want your creativity to be held captive within your bedroom walls? Or do you want to use it to express your soul and help people who relate and who will feel comfort in your creation? The choice is yours truly, but from someone who has been in that place before, let go of that fear and anxiety and don't let it control you or hold you back. Silence the negative thoughts that whisper lies into your mind. Start speaking life into yourself. Speak affirmations as a reminder that you are talented and worthy. Nothing good ever came from fear. So step out of yours and into a place of endless possibilities.